Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to ignite the growth of your agency. It's a documented system of running the business. And I think that level of accountability we don't have in ourselves, especially if you're not self-motivated. It starts with process sheets, it starts with financial control, it starts with metrics, it starts with KPIs. If by putting all these systems and processes in, for start, your team will keep you accountable. Mm-hmm. By putting yourself a big financial target in for this year, next year, you're keeping accountable to that, especially if you make it public. If you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to find out more about if and how we can help you scale and build the agency of your dreams. All we want you to do is go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash AJMM and that'll be in the show notes as well. Here are your hosts, Sam and Phil. Be more corporate. What does that even mean? And should we be more corporate or should we be more independent? And why are we using corporate as like the evil word? Yeah, since I've been in entrepreneurship, the word corporate is something that people have told you to avoid. And we chuck it around all the time, the big corporates. Mm. Let's not be corporate. As a negative, yes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that email's a bit corporate. Do you know what the literal definition is of corporate? Well, it's quite simple. Relating to a large company or group. Well, to us, we are a large company and group. In fact, Louise said this morning in our priorities meeting, didn't she? When you've got a big empire, I said, Louise, this is a big empire. I've got 19 people here. That's a crowd. Yeah. It's all relative. Too many, some would say. <laughs> some people who are looking at payroll might say that. Yeah. And so where this podcast has come from is that when you're, I'd say, under seven or eight employees, you can roll on quite nicely without really strict procedures and different things in place, financial control in place, and you can get away with it, can't you? Yeah. I think you can get to multi-six figures, probably two, three hundred thousand, quite easily. I think you can get to... Probably... No, I, do, I mean, easily by I mean, easily by the size of company and... Coasting. Yes. Y- yeah. With you as the captain, you will be the bottleneck. I think you actually can get to in excess of 500,000 and kid yourself that you're running a tight ship. Mm-hmm. And then you go on holiday for two weeks and you come back and everything breaks. Yeah, we noticed that once you get to 10 plus employees, that's when you start to need, desperately need the HR boring mm. corporate. Now, you say, say, look, corporate now, you've said, now you've said HR is boring because I don't think HR is boring. It is though. <laughs> it's only boring to you. And also you need systems for the systems. So we have things like how to create a task sheet system and we have systems to create more systems. For example, we've got like a waterfall of systems. So our team also need systems to manage their systems. So it all gets a little bit convoluted. But let's just go through these five things, independence. And if you're listening to this, we think you probably are an independent agent, either an owner or working for an independent agent. And we think that these five things, amongst others, you could learn from the corporates. Yeah, I think it's important to say that We are very much champions of independence, small independent companies. What we'd like the small independents to do is to learn from our mistakes and plug in the really important aspects of being a corporate or bigger, even the word corporate is kind of pointless, of being a larger company. So it's almost building as if someone's going to buy your company next year and making sure that everything's in place so you can get the most money. 
Yeah, and why would somebody do that, though, if they weren't actually going to sell? They would do that if they weren't going to Great question, Samantha. Thank you. They would do that because no matter what your goals are, whether your goals are to earn the most money, whether it's to work less hours, whether it's to put someone in charge and you're a silent partner, or whether it's to sell, every single result, or every single thing that you aspire to starts with a little bit of corporate. It starts with these task sheets, it starts with process sheets, it starts with financial control, it starts with metrics, it starts with KPIs. So it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. And even if you just want to go on holiday for two weeks and have peace of mind, mm-hmm. you still need those systems and processes. You do, yeah. Which is number one. So generally speaking, what the corporates do better than the independents is have systems and processes. It's as simple as that. And if with systems and processes for everything, it means that, and you say 80-20, don't you? So 80% of everything that everybody does should be task sheeted and systemized and automated where possible. And then the 20% should be the injection of the personality of the person and our brand personality. Yeah. So for example, when you're sending confirmation viewing emails, emails or confirmation valuation emails, you should be very strict on what's included, but not strict on how it's written. Except, well, I'm strict on how it's written because if they use the word unfortunately one more time. Yes. Yeah, so what I meant, what I meant I'm take the U off the keyboard. It's not it's not a, I was going to say corporate again, it's not a, a template. It's personality about what the conversation just had on the phone, hopefully, and making sure that these five key things are still in the email. Yeah. So for example, we do a lot of mystery shopping here, don't we? We phone other agents all over the country. We can tell, especially if we phone any kind of corporate or just somebody that aspires to be corporate, like a big regional, they, if you phone them and ask them for a, you know, details on the property, they take you through some kind of CRM straight away so that, that you can hear them tapping, dippity tap, how do you spell your surname, what's your postcode? And then they don't actually go off script at all and say anything about, they don't ask questions about that person's needs and wants and dreams and all the rest of it because all they're doing is filling out that CRM page. Well, we encourage, tell our team to handwrite as they talk to somebody, which obviously that's a system that could be broken because they might miss a piece of information. So what does good systems, what does corporate systems and processes look like? I think they're robust. They're used. There's a strong idea. What do they actually look like? You walk into a corporate office, what Mm -hmm. are you seeing? That's a good question because we have gone down the task sheet route, which is a manual, Mm -hmm. a physical manual of task sheets, where every task has its own process or standard operating procedure, SOP. And it could be also things like Asana, So an Asana is a task management system or something like that, like Mondays or that kind of thing. It could be as simple as making sure that the right meetings are in your diary every single week forever. You know, we have a priorities meeting on a 10 o'clock on a Monday morning. It's always in there. Mm -hmm. It happens. That's our system and process, isn't it? So that's what we mean, really. Whereas if you're looking at your diary and it looks 100% different from next week's and last week's, then you probably don't have any systems in place to manage yourself and your team. Yeah, I would say it's a, a documented system of of running the business? It's something you always do. The very first time we sat down and wrote a confirmation email for a viewing, Mm -hmm. should have been the last time we ever wrote it. Because once it's done, it's then plugged in. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I was going to say before I said, well, I totally lost it and said systems. It's it's documented. It's everything you do documented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As simple as that. I mean, everything the company does as Mm -hmm. a whole Mm -hmm. is documented somewhere, either in a task sheet or in a Word doc, Asana, as you say, that's it. 
So if somebody hasn't got any systems and processes, the very first thing they can do is just start creating task sheets for the things they do every day. And in fact, I'd go back one step further and go, just give yourself a time audit for three days, write down everything that you do and everything that you do that you could make a task sheet out of, put a little T next to it and then make a task sheet. It's even better if you can teach somebody else how to do what it is that you want them to do. So delegate that task and get them to write the task sheet because you know too much to write a task sheet sometimes. And what's the result you're looking for? The result is standardization. Which even that sounds boring, doesn't it? Well, well, it's not. It's because it's the word standard. Control. It's quite yes, yeah, that's my is, isn't it? Yeah. So number two is something that we have fallen foul of over the last five years, six years nearly. Is how do corporates justify and systemize their salaries and promotional processes for their teams? I think the NHS. Oh well. <laughs> it's a bad time to talk about it, but I think the NHS systems with salaries works well. We've got very clear levels of what you are in terms of manager, assistant, etc. So bandings. Yeah, very clear bandings. And then within the bandings, they've got very clear levels Mm -hmm. that are based on either skill or time. And you know exactly where you are. You know exactly how you get into the next banding and you know exactly how you fit within that. Yeah, I think that's... That's what we're trying to aim for, really. This is for about clarity. So it's not just helping you. It's actually helping your team. It's helping them work out where they are on the ladder, if you want to call it a salary ladder or, you know, career ladder, and where they can get to and what it takes to get from where they are to where they want to be. And it also really helps you not favorite people. Mm-hmm. So we've had people that have been here for five years. It's very, very easy to be over generous with, I don't know, a promotion or a salary hike. But it's also that makes it unfair for those people who maybe you don't know as well and you don't know what their circumstances are. It's very easy for us, for example, to go, oh, well, Hannah's got massive childcare costs that aren't covered by the government at the moment. She deserves a pay rise. Mm. And then say, what, Edward doesn't because he doesn't have kids? Or oh, so this person lives at home and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it could be that you've got an absolute star performer, but he's living at home and doesn't pay any rent. Doesn't ask for a pay rise. And doesn't ask for a pay rise, no. And then you've got somebody who is lagging behind a little bit, mm. but really is really struggling at home, maybe caring for an elderly relative, for example. So it takes all that out of the equation because it's not up to us to play God. It's up to us to help our team the best we can, but in the fairest way possible. And that's why I think that the corporates have got that nailed because they always have bandings. Yeah, and also the boss of the NHS doesn't make the salary decisions for every single member of the NHS. So it has to be a clear system that's able to be passed down through yes. management. Yeah, and it can be justified, it can be shown yeah. justified. So the this is your action really to do this, which is a salary matrix. Now, I'm happy to share ours with you without figures in because I don't think that will be fair. But we've got five different role types in terms of seniority, going from apprentice all the way up to director. And we don't use them all, but we, we use most of them. And then three different bandings within that. So we've got trainee, competent and advanced. I think over time we'll probably expand those to five, but at the moment they're on three. So if somebody wants to see that, if you want to drop me an email, I've got a new email address, haven't I, Liam? Can I even remember it? Sam at... Do you read it? I will do. I'll read my new emails because it'll be empty. (laughs) Sam at ajmastermind.co.uk. There you go. Nice new email address. Maybe you could be the first person to email me ever. Liam's going to jump on now and try and make sure he sends me a little test email. So that's number two, justifiable salaries and promotional process. Number three, planned marketing activities. Now, we were very guilty of this in our first 
probably three years really. Marketing was just the next thing we did this week, wasn't it? It wasn't, we didn't look at summer from, you know, winter. We didn't look at the next season, the next year. We didn't really look any further than the next post on Facebook. Yeah. And I think that held us back. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like having campaigns. I think campaigns is the right word for this. Yeah, you know what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and you know it's going to happen. Whereas I think a lot of independents would look at their figures and think, right, we're short on vowels this week, what should we do? Or we're short on sales this week, what should Mm. we do? And what corporates do well is they'll have a diary of six, 12 months, maybe 18 months, knowing exactly what piece of marketing is going out where and Mm. when, and therefore their vowels and their instructions at a premium level throughout. Mm. They don't have to ever react to different situations. And we certainly have felt this, as I'm sure you have, when you're really busy, you stop doing the one thing that gets you the vowels, and then you get you go really quiet and you wonder why you're quiet. And, <laughs> and then you think, I'll never do that again. And the next time you're busy, you don't, you don't do the same thing. And so yeah, having a system in place that makes sure the campaigns happen. Hi, I'm Lottie from Pell & James Unique Homes. I love most about being in the AJ Mastermind group, working along similar People, business owners, sharing experiences, good and bad, in a safe space. Each time we come to a different session, sometimes you get reminded on things you haven't done from last time. The gentle nudges there to say to do it again. But there's always something to take from it. Really powerful. We drive back really feeling inspired and feeling creative and ready to take on the next chapter. Knowing exactly what piece of marketing is going out where and mm. when, and therefore their vowels and their instructions at a premium level throughout. Mm. They don't have to ever react to different situations. And we certainly have felt this, as I'm sure you have, when you're really busy, you stop doing the one thing that gets you the vowels and then you get you go really quiet and you wonder why you're quiet. And, <laughs> and then you think, I'll never do that again. And the next time you're busy, you don't, you don't do the same thing. And so yeah, having a system in place that makes sure the campaigns happen. So this we're talking really about a, like a rhythm, a marketing rhythm, aren't we? So we always send out the on-the-market letters mm-hmm. every month. We always send out the not on market letters, well, continuously apart from the gap in between the two letters. So let's say eight weeks a quarter, we always send those out. Yeah. And they are no matter what, they are not related to the number of valuations we have in the diary. And that's the most important part, really, that you're sending them out anyway. Yeah. And actually, members of the team are measured on how, on hitting that target. Mm-hmm. To make it's sure not even happens. a target, is it? It's actually just a, a no matter what. Well, You've th- got to do it. Th- Yes. I think I feel like a target is something you have to reach, but this is just a task that they have to do. It's a metric. And it's funny because... Yeah, it's not even a metric, but it, it's their minimum level of yeah. envelope slash letter sent. When you say that, though, just to counter, mm-hmm. there's no maximum, though, is there? We don't say you've got to at least send out this many. You just send out that many. Yes. The reason being is we know exactly for not on the market how many there are. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're restricted by that, aren't we? Whereas if, if somebody was in an area with many, many more properties than they could actually say, well, what's the upper limit? But I think that marketing rhythm is really important. It's the no matter what element of it. The campaigns is the fun stuff. It's things like 12 Days of Christmas. But that, again, that always happens. Mm. That's still a marketing rhythm. And then Hannah's just messaged me over the weekend and said, should we do an Easter campaign, which we've done a couple of times over the years. And they're a bit more ad hoc. So they're more a bit more if we've got time. We've also got some big promotional projects on the go this year, like 25 Beautiful Homes of the Lake District, which is a book publication. We've got the directory coming out, which is more of a long-term project that. But if you know what you're doing over the course of the next year and two years, like a corporate would do, you can plan it in your diary. Then you have planning meetings. So if you were to go to a designer, for example, 
to design, if you're an independent, you want them to design a leaflet, we'll, we will forgive you. Let's say they want, you wanted um, you went to the designer, asked them to design a leaflet for the next campaign, and they say to you, when do you need it doing? You would say immediately. Whereas a corporate would be planning for probably the summer mm. if they went to a designer right now. Yeah. And that's the thing you've got to try and get your mind round. It's planning that far ahead, but still being up to date now. Yeah. And that, that the one thing we haven't got on this is that's because the corporates would have someone with a specific role to do that. Yeah, that's That'd be a marketing enough, yeah. role. Yeah. But you can allocate that role to somebody in your organization. Yeah, exactly. So you yeah. need, that's where you need to sort of think about a corporate org chat mm-hmm. and take those tasks, key tasks out and make sure they're, they're delivered across your team. Yeah, that's the important thing, isn't it? Because if nobody's doing it, it's just when that person's got time or the work yeah. experience girl or whatever. What we have got, and I'm looking at it, we're, we're in our office at the moment, mine and Phil's office, is on the wall, we've got a 12-month calendar printed out from a company called timeanddate.com. They just give you a free PDF calendar. We've got one for every month on an A4. And then over the course of a year, we've got color-coded post-it notes saying what promotional activities are going to happen when. So we can plan it in and we can also plan it in around our holidays or other commitments we've got, you know, birthdays and, you know, other things that are going to be in the diary anyway. King's coronation. So to take count of all this. Otherwise, you'll get to the, I don't know, the Friday, the week before the King's coronation and go, oh, we probably should have a little graphic going out saying, happy coronation, King. (laughs) But this way we can plan so far in advance. Makes me think of Frozen. It's coronation day. Tight financial control. Yeah, this is number four. And this, I think, is, for me, my favorite one. I don't think that, well, we've never had tight financial control. We still don't have it. Mm. But we're getting there. And that's going back to what you just said about the role. There needs to be somebody in your organization whose responsibility is the finances. And then you've got to think about what does that job entail? Because you've got several different components to financial control. Yeah. You've got things like transparency to try and figure out. So do you want somebody else to check your bank balance every day and put that into a cash flow forecast as we do? Mm-hmm. Do you want somebody to help you project forward or is that your job as the caption of your ship? Is it projection or is it a far reaching, you know, high reaching target that you want to aim for? I mean, we, we've got a five million pound turnover target by the end of 2025. Mm. We couldn't ask our team to do that or even to figure out how we were going to do it. So that falls under growth, really. You just know that these big companies, whether it's hoteliers, whether it's technology companies or... McDonald's. Yeah, you know that they're budgeting, they're forecasting, everything to do with their financial control is bang on. You you just Mm. know, don't you? They're stock taking. Mm. You know that there's a form for absolutely everything. You know that individuals know exactly how much they can spend on certain things. And they know that a seventeen pound teddy would not be approved. Yeah, that, that has to. You have to trust that's the right thing. Mm-hmm. With the amount of big companies that do it, there's no reason why smaller independent companies can't have a similar level of understanding of their numbers. Well, if they don't, then two things happen. One is people make decisions off their own bat that you don't agree with as the captain, mm-hmm. and two is you're constantly being asked for decisions all day long that just wear your head out. Yeah, and you're making the decision depending on what's in your pipeline, what's in your bank. And how you feel that day. Yes, rather than actually what's best for the company, what should be So how, how can your team possibly guess what you would say because you're going to give them a different inconsistent answer every time? You are. So that's number four, tight financial control. Number five, I think is a big one as well, it's accountability. So a big company is going to be responsible and accountable for their figures to their shareholders, mm-hmm. the CEO, the investors. 
you know, maybe the founders, whoever it is. Yeah, that, this comes back from before as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, exactly. Because I think, you know, you can't simply say, oh, we're, we've, we've lost a million pounds from the plan. Yeah. You know, and that will be the equivalent of us saying, I don't know, we've lost 10,000 pounds. In fact, it comes back to all of them. <laughs> Start doesn't it? You, you can't say, oh, we're low on vows this, this month because we didn't send any letters or because we didn't do any marketing. We mm. thought it would be okay. Mm. How, how's a shareholder going to feel with that? Or even imagining that you've floated and you've got a price out there, what sort of, and if they could see in your business, who would be buying your stock and who would be selling mm. your stock? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, who are you accountable to apart from me? Yourself, of course. And who else? Your wife. If you don't have enough money for a holiday, <laughs> I like the fact you laughed then, who would you blame? Well, it'd be on me. I'd blame myself. I would, yeah, I, I would always know. But they've always got somebody above them, haven't they? To go, yes. if you're in a corporate, you've always got, it's your boss's 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 boss that you're going to have to explain yourself to. And that would put the fear of God into you, mm. wouldn't it? So you couldn't, you couldn't not do it. You couldn't not deliver. Yeah. Imagine if you're on holiday and you've got four bosses ahead of you, you know, above you, mm. and you get a phone call from that boss. You would be fearful, wouldn't you? Yes. Well, how do you inject that kind of fear and harness it and use it to drive your business forward? Mm. It's that no matter what mentality, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I was saying that uh, we had a little work experience girl here a couple of weeks ago that did not go well. <laughs> and I said to her, you need to go and find a jug in the kitchen. And she came back and she said she couldn't find said jug, even though we knew there was a jug there. And I said, right, there is a gun to your head. Go and find a jug now. <laughs> and she found a jug. And I think that level of accountability we don't have in ourselves, especially if you're not self-motivated. So you, if by putting all these systems and processes in, for a start, your team will keep you accountable. Mm -hmm. By putting yourself a big financial target in for this year, next year, five years, 10 years, you're keeping accountable to that, especially if you make it public. Yeah, I think the challenge the majority of people listening will have, because I doubt we're we'll going to have shareholders, et cetera, in the near, very near future, is when you open up a new branch, making sure that the whoever runs that, those, these new branches understand what they're accountable for and how that, that's measured. Mm -hmm. um, all corporates will have very clear KPIs, they'll have very clear mm -hmm. metrics, they'll know how they hit them. If they haven't hit them, there'll be a plan to work out how they improve there'll be a in the consequence. future. There'll be a consequence, yeah. There's no consequences otherwise. In an independent agency, what's the consequence? Yeah, yeah. so I, I think having those clear metrics and everyone understanding what they're accountable for and what they're responsible for mm. leads to having an overall, well, leads to the same thing as a shareholder. You become the, the CEO, the shareholder, and hopefully the team holds feels that accountability from you. So if somebody hasn't got accountability or don't, doesn't feel that got accountability, I think the first thing to do is set some big targets and then share them. Mm. Even if it's, if you don't have any team at all, stick them on your kitchen wall, you know, make yourself accountable to it by sharing it with other people that are outside you and your little office on your own. So, you know, your wife, your husband, your friends, your family, put it somewhere that, that keeps you accountable. Because that way you'll see it every day and you'll feel like you've got to hit it. Especially if you tell your kids. I think your kids is a big thing. I remember telling my kids I was going to lose a stone and that I couldn't not do it because you don't tell your kids you're going to do something and not do it. Mm. When are you going to do it? I did do it. Thank you. So just going back through those and it's, that's, let's say we'll start with five because that's accountability. That's the sharp end really. And it goes back through tight financial control. Before that was planned marketing activities. Before that was justifiable salaries and promotional process. And before that was actually systems and process in general. And that's how you take the best bits of corporate 
and mix it up in the recipe mm -hmm. that is the beautiful cake of your independent agency and make it even more successful. Yeah, by keeping the fun, keeping the energy, keeping the 20% of personality, but chucking in there the structure that corporate will allow for your growth. If you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to find out more about if and how we can help you scale and build the agency of your dreams. All we want you to do is go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash AJMM and that'll be in the show notes as well, where you'll find full information on all of our amazing mastermind programs.